0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajian. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. And of course, when it comes to the apps, we are featuring Spotify for the show. And I thank those of you that download and listen to the show on Spotify. But it is 100% your choice. So, the Minnesota Vikings went into North Carolina today to play against another 0-3 club and escape with a fairly ugly 21-13 victory. Very Zimmer-like. A very Zimmer-like performance for the Minnesota Vikings. Looks like Mike Zimmer's coaching him again in a lot of ways. But then again, yeah, he had a nervous Kirk Cousins mistake-prone and all that, though his second interception, of course, was unearned. And, well, the defense played significantly better as well against a rookie quarterback, but on the road, not bad. certainly doesn't help when you finally have Marcus Davenport healthy, number zero, which is how many games he played before today. Did wind up with a sack, of course, which includes a tackle for loss, but also had some nice run stops along the way as well. A generally great game for the defense, or should I say good game for the defense. Felt like they were giving up A good amount of chunk plays here and there against uh, the rookie Bryce Young, which did get frustrating at times, but I've seen a lot worse. Of course, he was just a rookie. I've said that 50 times already. (laughs) Um, 25 of 32. Definitely was completing his passes, was Bryce Young. I'd have to say the Vikings' defensive line, of all things, was actually better than the secondary today. So the Vikings' defensive line finally showing some teeth, even though, again, it wasn't all that spectacular. The entire day, but the running game for Carolina generally wasn't working at all. The longest run of the day was seven yards by Chuba Hubbard, who averaged just under three yards a carry on fortune carries, Miles Sanders a yard and a half, and an average of 2.7 yards per carry. So the Vikings defense did show up to play. Cam Akers also was in the game, though Alexander Madison did carry the brunt of the carries with 95 yards, which definitely helped move the chains, of course, 5.6 a carry, almost six yards a carry for the Vikings throughout the game, along of only 17, so no bursts, but consistency is the key. Cam Akers with only five carries, but every one of them was a pretty good chunk play, to be quite honest, eight yards a carry, nothing, again, super spectacular, but he looked young, he looked spry, he certainly looks uh, like he could be a a better piece than Dalvin Cook, at the very least, and Cam Akers' case. And we'll wait and see what the future is of Cam Akers. I don't expect him to be the next Adrian Peterson or anything, but then again, is that what we want? Uh, Cam Akers also had a catch in Scamper for a first down. A couple of catches overall with 11 yards. Uh, Madison only a three-yard catch <laughs> overall, but that's okay. Whatever. Um, Hawkinson is continuing to be not worth the contract. Not living up to the contract at all. Um, no, TJ Hawkinson has been a... So T.J. Hogginson has been disappointing, to be quite blunt, for the first four games of the season. And I would like to, <laughs> if I could possibly put in an addendum and a rata for last week, T.J. Hogginson should probably get, well, it, it should be Hawkinson and, and Cousins, honestly, getting the um, Christian Ponder Memorial for last week. I think oh, that's a better fit, honestly, than, say, like an Ingram or anybody like that. Speaking of Ingram, who was your right guard today? Ed Ingram. Where's Reisner? I don't know. You know what? I don't know. That's what the uh, Minnesota Wild general manager would say. And that's pretty much my response. You know what? I don't know. So uh, Cousins, what the heck is going on with him half of the time? You know what? I don't know. But uh, the Vikings did uh, come out running a bit today against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, and it was good. It was good. Uh, Cousins struggled Uh, 13 of 19 in the game. Missed on a couple opportunities. One interception again was the opening drive. The Vikings get all the way to the goal line and throw a pick six to a man who had just given up a 45-yard penalty. That was slightly frustrating. Just a little bit. Yeah, Sam Franklin Jr. had a pick six of 99 yards, as a certain ESPN anchor used to say, or still says, or says, or says whenever he says it, he could go all the way Sam Franklin Jr. touchdown from 99 yards on the opening drive and that pretty much put every Viking fan in town in a position of like bleep this bleep this I mean just go 0-17 hell with it obviously 0-17 is not going to happen no matter how terrible you are it's just not but it's like you know what like seriously like (laughs) it just felt like the story of the first three games and quite a bit of this game as well until things the, the tide started turning in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter was very Zimmer-like, to be quite honest. Kind of grinded out. Uh, through, you know, not good offensive possessions, but pretty solid. Pretty solid bend-but-don't-break defense, to be quite fair. Giving up first down after first down, but making the big stop when it matters most in the red zone, which is what the defense did. And quite frankly, a guy who'd been looking awfully awfully ordinary the first three, first three games of the season. And that would be Harrison Smith was not one, not two, but three sacks down the stretch. The third sack was kind of, sort of, well, you could say the, the game icer in a lot of ways because Carolina really couldn't stop the clock despite the fact, uh, well, they, they had timeouts, but they didn't have enough timeouts. They had to use a timeout before that final attempt on fourth down, which was unfortunately not fruitful as Harrison Smith and the safety blitz was able to get the sack. Thank you, Brian Flores, for calling a pretty good game, to be quite fair. Pat Jones, there was a Pat Jones sighting. He had a couple of tackles for loss, which was really nice. Again, Marcus Davenport, who'd been on a milk carton coming into today's game, looks really good. Uh, <laughs> multi- uh, at least had one quarterback hit, and of course had the sack, which was a tackle for loss, but also was a factor along the way. Dean Lowry deflected a pass. Really appreciated that one. Um, that was in a big. That was in a moment that definitely helped. Kind of uh, rattle, not rattle, but kind of slow down the progress. Of the Carolina Hurricanes. I just called them the Hurricanes again. The Carolina Panthers. Ivan Pace Jr. continues to be a factor. DJ Wanham had one of his best games of the day. He had a fumble six. So both teams, <laughs> both teams basically kind of in the season of giving. As both defenses had a touchdown in the game today. DJ Wanham sacking a strip sack basically of Bryce Young for a fumble six. Which carried 52 yards down the field. His Easily his best game of the season. Um, A defensive line that has absolutely stunk the first three games of the season showed up to play in a big way. Rhyme not intended. Uh, Harrison Phillips looks average, basically, to be quite fair. The secondary looks beatable, which is frustrating. Uh, Byron Murphy Jr., only two tackles. So, again, keeping receivers at bay for the most part. Jordan Hicks with 13 tackles. Really nice overall game. Uh, Cam Bynum had a bunch of tackles, and he was definitely a factor at the other safety position. uh, Josh Metellus, actually, no, he's a a cornerback. (laughs) He keeps, yeah, actually, no, he plays kind of both. He's a hybrid. Where Josh Metellus is kind of like a hybrid linebacker, um, this and that. But uh, Bynum getting beat at times, but at the same time, being a factor as well, whereas Josh Metellus has, you know, obviously been such a valuable factor as a safety. But, yeah, guys like Wanham, you know, guys like Wanham and the fact that, uh, yeah, Pat Jones... Guys like Wanam, Pat Jones, the second, of course, and then Marcus Davenport showing up. That was a huge, huge key for the Vikings' victory down the stretch, and it helped kind of free up Harrison Smith a bit to be more aggressive at the same time, to kind of escape in and make the big plays and also make tackle after tackle down the stretch. Um, Harrison Smith, obviously one of his best games ever in a great career. Again, and in the last couple of years, looked a bit past his prime, and certainly the first couple of weeks of the season hasn't looked all that spectacular. But a great game today in the, fa- in, the, in the face of this one. Harrison Smith definitely showing up to play. Uh, knock on wood, no injuries that I'm thinking about. And if I'm blanking on somebody, I deeply apologize. As of course in the heat of the battle, um, so it's nice to get in and out of a game without like oh boy, oh boy, uh, guys get banged up here and there on bang, literally bang bang plays. But thankfully, it's not like oh crap that type of situation. Um, again, Cam Akers looks good. Uh, as for Dalton Reisner, not sure what to say at this point. It's like, I don't know. Are they just, uh, is Ed Ingram's leash that long? I, I guess. Jeez, I mean, I, I don't know. I would have shortened it a long time ago. Um, Jordan Addison still not not getting a whole lot of, uh, definitely wasn't, uh, yeah, didn't see a whole lot of action in today's game and actually didn't catch one ball, unfortunately in this one. So that was kind of disappointing. Uh, K.J. Osborne, that's where the pick six happened, where he was, uh yep, yeah, the route was jumped by the Carolina defender. That would be Franklin Jr. Samuel Franklin Jr. with the uh, pick six, jumping the route on K.J. Osborne, who remains the number two receiver at, the, at this point, which is fine. Obviously, again, young, I mean, it, it took a while for it took a while for uh, Stefan Diggs to really become a factor, but that was, of course, in the Mike Zimmer era, so it's a different way to look at it. Now, of course, again, obviously Jordan Edison has had some massive, massive plays, but they're, you know, they're kind of few and far between, but when they happen, they've been big and exciting, so deeply appreciate that in so many ways. A sloppy, a yucky, kind of grinded out, muddy, murky game. Two 0-3 teams looking like two 0-3 teams, which is really frustrating when you look at the overall talent of the Minnesota Vikings. And a familiar name with Cam Akers at running back now. That's kind of cool. But uh, Madison also looking like a starting running back today against the worst run defense, basically. Basically, the quintessential worst run defense in the National Football League. But, oh, what the hell. Still counts. Still counts. Alexander Madison, good job. That's all I can say about that. Cam Akers, again, showing that burst of speed. Uh, Definitely, you know, recovered from the, uh, uh, definitely looking more and more recovered from the Achilles tear way back in his, what was his second season when the, uh, or was it his rookie year? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) when the, uh, no, second season. I'm going all over the place. When the Rams ended up winning the Super Bowl after a rookie season, he had a, uh, again, the Achilles tear in the season opener, played in the Super Bowl and got a ring and all that good stuff. So, and of course, that was with uh, a guy by the name of Kevin O'Connell, as his offensive coordinator the uh, the previous two seasons of his career. Um, so a little rookie year and then the Super Bowl year, of course. But I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot to... I'm not all that super excited. I, I, I'm not dancing on the roof. Anybody that is, I mean, good for you, I guess. I'm not one of the face paint wearing, you know, jersey, jersey stouting fans, jersey strutting fans out there anymore. Um, I never wore face paint, but I would wear jerseys and hats and stuff like that hats maybe, maybe a shirt, you know, this and that, I've definitely quieted down over the years in a lot of ways, and plus, I mean, I've been podcasting since 2008, I'm one of the oldest podcasters pretty much you'll ever meet, (laughs) when it comes to not my personal age of 44, there's older podcasters, believe me, Michael Savage is is 80, so (laughs) put it that way, former radio host, become full-on, full-time podcaster, but yeah, that's just one, one name to bring up, um, but age of, like, just podcasting from 2008. That's a pretty old one. Uh, The internet was quite different back then, and podcasting uh, providers were quite different back then as well. When you consider HipCast versus what you can do today in in so many different ways. Daniel Hunter had some moments. Did he really stand out? Kind of, sort of, not really. Evan Pace Jr., solid game, so on and so forth. Really appreciated what he was able to do. But Jordan Hicks has had a hell of a year, I think, to be quite honest. He's probably been the most consistent... Player on the defense for the Minnesota Vikings in 2023, in my humble opinion. could um, have I been wrong before? Of course. Um, KJ Osborne had a yeah. KJ Osborne also had a tackle on one of the turnovers, of course, as the Vikings had a couple of them. Again, um, the second interception was batted away late in the first half. It was just irritating, considering we're trailing the frickin' Carolina Panthers ugh, we're trailing the frickin' Carolina Panthers and we're heading into halftime. And we're not getting the ball because we received it again on the opening drive. We had the opening drive, took it down the field, and threw a pick-six. It's just, it doesn't get worse than that in terms of like, you've got to be bleeping kidding me. Though I suppose the only thing worse could be it would be like a pick-six on the opening play of the game, which could happen, but it's just such a tease. You drive down the field in fairly impressive fashion, and then you throw the pick-six. It's like, like rubbing it in our face in a lot of ways. Like, oh, did you, you thought we were going to score a touchdown there? <laughs> yeah, I'll take that, you schmucks. You know, that kind of thing. That's what it felt like in a lot of ways. A couple of predictions are kind of correct. I did predict that Justin Jefferson would have two touchdowns in the game, but I thought he'd go over the century mark to like 150 or something like that. One up with 85 yards and six catches. Okay, but two touchdowns. So at least I was right about the touchdowns. I figured Adam Thielen would have a good day, and he was the leading receiver. For the uh, Carolina Panthers, Um, Terrence Marshall Jr. did have the most catches, but only 56 yards. Adam Thielen was 76, uh, was denied in the end zone once or twice along the way. Looks better this year than last year. Um, Two years ago, Thielen looked great. Last year, Thielen looked way past his prime, couldn't get separation. Whereas this year, he's been getting some separation. He was really good last week. Uh, Him being Adam Thielen, and this week, of course, very good very solid as well um am i missing him kind of sort of not really kind of sort of yes uh obviously he's a good guy he's a little crazy he's extremely competitive this and that he was screaming at the referees in the final play of the game because he probably thought that that was an illegal pass by kirk cousins where it was a it was literally a throwaway like run the clock out and throw the ball away he probably was saying there was no ineligible receiver uh in the in in the area which would be like intentional grounding or whatever the word would be um so, I don't know. Regardless, uh, the game ended and they let it go. <laughs> I'm sure the Panthers would have liked to have one final play remaining. But it seemed like most, most of the team was just kind of like, whatever, it's over, we lost, blah 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 And that's kind of the way things wound up <sighs> down the stretch. Um, it is definitely safe to say that Ivan Pace Juniors. yeah. I mean, obviously, this is, this is an old story now, but I'll say it again. Ivan Pace Jr is a starting running back and apparently a running back linebacker that might sound a little better. Brian Azema the second is not apparently. So it's interesting how Ivan Pace Jr an undrafted free agent was able to knock out a mid-round pick from a year ago from a starting role which it looked like he had. But Ivan Pace Jr has become a starting linebacker in the league. Hopefully his size doesn't come back to bite him in the future, but I don't know. He, he should be he's he's been hanging in there and It's been very impressive. Doesn't look like a pro bowler or anything, but definitely a worthy, worthy uh, piece to the Minnesota Vikings defense. And great to have Brian Flores Jr. I thought he called a great game. Did I call him Jr.? Brian Flores. I'm going nuts. I'm going nuts. And I had a lot of weird mistakes last week where I called, I think I was talking about the Lions and I called them the the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I apologize that I've been so freaking sloppy. I apologize. I, I really do. Um, cause I mean, it's like, there's like 15 scores in front of me. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And then I just say the stupidest things. Oh my goodness. I can't believe what I'm seeing. What? Huh? Seriously? Oh, okay. Anyhow, I'm seeing some stuff on other... <laughs> the, I, I just can't believe it. Uh, we'll talk about that in segment number two. Segment number two is always an adventure. And of course it was quite an adventure. How fricking sloppy I was last week. So again, I deeply apologize for calling calling the Detroit Lions, the, Honolo, the Honolulu Blue, the Roar has been restored, the Pittsburgh Steelers or Pittsburgh or whatever. So my deep apologies. I'm going to try my best to not let myself say the wrong team name. It's pretty ridiculous now that I've dragged that out way too long. Um, again, eh, yay, we won. Uh, it's nice. I'm happy that the Vikings won and everything in terms of just for the sake of being happy, it, that's about it. Though it, it's, it's you know, when you want to talk about the, when you want to talk about like the, the raft and this and that, and you don't think this team's going anywhere anyway, yeah, I I don't blame you. I don't blame you if you're thinking that way because I kind of feel the same. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the solution at quarterback. I don't think anybody really does. At the end of the day, oh, and then now, oh, I. Next week, the Vikings will be a—it'll be a late afternoon game, or the second group, so to speak, on CBS in US Bank Stadium against the 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 team that I hate more than any team in the NFL right now. With the it just figures the, uh, another player that I can't stand. Obviously, you can tell which one that is, and a singer that I can't stand. We're going to hear about nonstop the entire game, the the week leading up to the game. Like it's so exciting. Boy, do we have to hear about it. Oh, we have to hear about it so much. Oh, I don't even want to say their name. I don't even want to say their name. You know who they are. Celebrity relationship bullcrap. I just don't want to hear about it. Can we just watch sports? Can we keep politics out? Can we keep celebrity bullcrap out? No, we can't do that. We got to make everything about everything else just to drive you nuts. So we can I don't care about these stupid singers that we hear about every second when we're at work that I just... I can't stand it. You you hear about, you hear their awful songs every second while you're at work. Why do I want to hear their awful songs or hear about them constantly during a game? But there I go, screwing it up for everybody else. My fantasy baseball team is literally coming down to the wire here. I'm not sure why the score updated in a negative way. I thought I was, what the heck? Why did it drop? Uh, I can't see what changed, which is really disappointing. Um, but yep, going down to the wire. My fantasy baseball team, probably by later tonight, I'll know. As I'm recording the second and third segments, if I'm a champion or a silver medalist, so to speak. So I'll have to wait and see. Figures that a bunch of players are sitting out because it's the final game of the regular season, which used to kill me in in the Super Bowl in the past as well. Which is which is why you don't, yeah, they don't uh, leave guys out there that long. Um, so annoying. But uh, I will mention one thing right now, because I'm going to forget if I don't mention it right now. Tim Wakefield, at age 57, has passed away due to brain cancer. The uh, Boston Red Sox legend, who won a couple of World Series 2004 and 2007. So Tim Wakefield, that uh, great knuckleballer who lasted 19 years in the in Major League Baseball. Very impressive. Uh, the Twins, of course, start their playoff series coming up on Tuesday. Maybe I'll be talking about who we're playing later on tonight. Maybe, maybe not. Um, because it's undecided yet. It's it's going to be either Houston or the... No, I'm already blanking. I don't think it's the Rangers, is it? It's either... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter at the moment. <laughs> but, uh... Well, it's probably going to be Houston, right? Yeah, it's probably going to be Houston. Or the Blue Jays, I guess. That's the other possibility. So we'll have to wait and see how that all kind of... Uh, shapes up. I think the Rangers are already good to go with the number two seed. So we'll have to wait and see. It's probably going to be Houston, and we know how that turned out a couple years ago. Yeah, we do all through well. So we'll have to wait and see if the Twins can finally win a playoff game. <laughs> and the playoff series would be even better. Uh, what just happened? Yep. So we have an overtime game flashing on the screen from the first group, 31-31, Washington and Philadelphia. Impressive uh, NFC East matchup. Okay, let's get to the point here. I've been babbling and down, bouncing around all over the place, and I really apologize. I'm using ESPN now instead of uh, Yahoo because they actually show everything. I don't know what's going on with Yahoo. They're weird, and they, they're not as good as they used to be. used to be so valuable and so reliable. The Fran Tarkington Award winner for this game has to be Harrison Smith. Uh, the, he was absolutely spectacular, and it's a nice relationship with him and Brian Flores, and it certainly came to fruition today uh, with the safety blitzes. And just an overall strong performance by Ring of Honor for sure. Maybe future Hall of Famer Harrison Smith. But Ring of Honor member, that's a guarantee with the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings Hall of Famer easily. NFL football Hall of Famer. I I, I think he's getting closer to it. And if he has more games like this, very possible that Harrison Smith will be a Hall of Famer. Probably not first ballot or anything crazy like that. But, um, yeah, absolutely great game. Jordan Hicks, honorable mention, no doubt. Uh, Of course, Justin Jefferson is always going to be an honorable mention, at least most of the time. Um, And Greg Joseph made all his extra points. We appreciate that. Ty Chandler with a couple of okay returns. Ryan Wright with some unbelievably good uh, punts for the most part. A 61-yard long, an average of 54 on four punts. That's extremely good. Nothing was in the 20, but no touchbacks either. So we'll take that. And Hecker, Johnny Hecker did have a key touchback, which helped the Vikings later in the game. So that definitely helped. Uh Amir Smith-Marset, former Vikings wide receiver and uh, I guess he's punt returner here. I think I remember him being a kickoff returner for the Vikings, but regardless, special teams teams return man, ISM, I guess. <laughs> Amir Smith-Marset is on the Carolina Panthers. And of course, again, um so you're talking about like veteran Viking players and all that. Adam Thielen, who's going to have a, you know, Adam Thielen, You know, all all that conversation about him and it ended up being Harrison Smith that ended up winning the day when it came to veteran Vikings. So, cool. Veteran guys that played their whole career with the Vikings. And um, obviously Adam Zeland's case up until this year. So, there you go. With that said, the uh, Christian Ponder Memorial. I don't know. I'm going to give it this week because he's earned it. He deserves it for multiple games, I think, this year. Or at least honorable mention. But he's going to finally bring it home. This might be a lame pick, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I owe him. TJ Hawkinson, where are you? Where are you? Thanks for holding out, buddy. Thanks for holding out during training camp with this earache this, and, and then, oh, now it's, now it's what, what, what was it, his hamstring or something for a while there? And then, well, two catches later, what did he have, like multiple, uh, I don't know, Yeah, he, he had a fumble at the beginning of the game last week. That really set things in motion, going the wrong direction, which was insanely frustrating. So TJ Hawkinson, it, there it is. You're getting it, buddy. And you're on a fast track, TJ Hawkinson, for the <laughs> Christian Ponder of the Year. I'm dead serious. That's how disappointing TJ Hawkinson has been. As awful as as Ed Ingram has been, there weren't as high expectations at Ed Ingram. Everybody knew he was with the, probably the weakest link on the offensive line. So whatever. TJ Hawkinson's supposed to be, well, what is he, the top paid tight end in football now? Other than the jackass who plays for that team we're playing next week? The jackass. That's what he really is. Um, That's the one thing Hawkinson might have on Kelsey. He's not a jackass, but maybe kind of after the holdout. He's starting to to lose me a little bit. And with his performance so far, I'm very disappointed. With that said, we'll take a quick break. Segment number two, we'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, rest of the uh, NFL and all that cute stuff. We are back here on purple mafia segment number two time to look around the league and preview the yuck city chiefs that's my new nickname for them yuck city Ugh, the yuck city chiefs who are coming to u.s bank stadium with uh taylor bleep i don't know yeah just take out some letters and turn it into that other word that starts with the s and ends with the t yeah that one um anyhow yep <laughs> i'm enjoying my great waterloo here relaxing uh, segment two is usually a little more chill than segment number one. Uh, a lot of history conversation. The Chiefs and the Vikings, very interesting history, of course. Anyhow, we'll get to that later. The Thursday night game was division-related. So, yeah, that's usually going to end up being one of the later ones. Switching to ESPN, I'm officially firing Yahoo, at least for the time being. It'll probably be permanent. Looks like Yuck City just went up 16-0 to over the best helmets in the NFL. Certainly not the best team. And it's unfortunate for Robert Sala. Hopefully the owners are, owners and GMs are understanding of that situation because, I mean, they're supposed to have Aaron Rodgers for Pete's sake. And, uh, yeah, anyhow, Yuck City's winning and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure they're heavy favorites over the Vikings, who beat the Panthers today 21-13. to Next, uh, well, the Cowboys over the New England Patriots. That's Yuck City as well, 38-3. to That's a very familiar score. The Vikings played in a game like that last year. Okay, I'm not used to this. It's not doing what I want it to do. That's the one thing about, okay, that's what you do. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. Dak Prescott, looks like Cooper Rush played a couple of downs. Imagine that um, because it was a blowout. 38-3, uh, to 3. Vikings and Cowboys had a similar score last year. Mac Jones had a, some moments. Uh, Zap Bailey was zapped, or Bailey Zap anyway, was zapped into another dimension. But uh, so was Mac Jones, unfortunately. It was just an awful day for the Patriots. Would have been nice to see the Patriots whoop up on the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was on the other sidelines and Maz mustard 16 yards in a game where the Patriots were behind the entire day. Yeah, anyhow, there's not a whole lot to say other than the Cowboys just kind of put a whooping on them, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, Cowboys didn't even run the ball all that much. Actually, they did. It was just spread around so much. My goodness, like eight different players ran the ball, including Cooper Rush, and of course, including some Neil downs and Victory formation, all that cute stuff. CD CD lamb with one carry for a uh, 12 yards as well. I don't know. I mean I, I probably just need to get off of this. The Cowboys crushed the Patriots. Cowboys are three and one. Patriots are one and three. Wahoo, Wahoo. And the Chiefs yeah they made their extra point. I'm so excited. Let's go to England, old England. Yeah, okay, perfect place for... Right, great, now what? My to oh my God, you're kidding, right? Who is my oh boy, Houston, we have a problem. Well, that was interesting. I apologize for that, but that's how it goes. Uh, maybe I should uh, turn the volume off. That might help, huh? Might might help a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, now the volume's dead, so in case that hops up again, I won't have to worry. Uh, Travis Etienne Jr., was a jolly old chap going to Britain. 23-7, the Jaguars defeated the, the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter apparently has never won a road game in his career, but this was an international game anyway, so it kind of doesn't count. It's kind of like an even, what do they call that, like a neutral site. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence with one touchdown. It wasn't that great of a game, but the Jaguars, as they might say in Britain, Jaguars did just fine. Um, to, uh, they're only 2-2, two and two, though, after winning their season opener. Etany Jr. did not get in the end zone. Only 55 yards on the ground. Trevor Lawrence actually rushed for 42. That's semi-impressive, I'd have to say. Desmond Ritter, mediocre at best with, uh, I'd say, below average, honestly. A couple of INTs and a single touchdown pass. I don't know. Ugh, this game was kind of balls, uh, for lack of a better term. It was balls. There was a lot of balls games today, a lot. Um, a lot, like 38-3 to 3, Cowboys and Patriots. What, what do you want to talk about? The Cowboys crushed the Patriots. Is that all you need to know? I, th- I think it is. Uh, Jacksonville and Atlanta, it's like, well, I don't know. This might have been the Super Bowl like in 99 or something, maybe. Mark Brunel versus that creep that beat the Vikings. What was that guy's name? Chris Chandler? Oh, God, give me a break. Chris Chandler. A career backup with, you know, starter. He was kind of starter. He was a starter-level quarterback who was a career backup and all that stuff most of his career and and stuff. Anyhow, why am I even getting into that? Buffalo Bills, there's another balls game. A team that scored 70 points last week got got rung up for 48 this week. That would be the Miami Dolphins, their first loss of the year. A reality check and a similar, well, similar, kind of similar result of the... 92 season, 93 AFC Championship game. Yeah. Um, where the Bills beat the beat the Dolphins, of course. A lot of us would have loved to see San Francisco and Miami in the Super Bowl. That would have been the coolest thing ever. And then we got Buffalo and Dallas. That's all you need to know. We got Buffalo and Dallas. Uh, Tua, uh, just certainly not his day-to-day interception, a touchdown. He, he, he got the yardage. He got the completions and all that good stuff. There, even the quarterback rating was halfway decent. But the QBR, which is a different story, uh, obviously, well, one way or another, the old-fashioned rating, Josh Allen had a perfect quarterback rating. That's, again, all you need to know. Um, He only missed, (laughs) he only, uh, gosh, 21 of 25, only four incompletions for Josh Allen, four touchdowns, 320 yards, and 1.58, no, 1.58.3 quarterback rating, which is perfect in the National Football League. Latavius Murray of Buffalo, that's former Viking watch, with four carries and 32 yards. He actually led the Bills with 32 yards, but definitely Stefan Diggs with three touchdowns and 120 yards. Great day for him on six catches. Tyree Kill not doing any peace signs today as he had one single 20-yard scamper. Otherwise, 58 total yards and three catches. Mm. Completely, completely different day for old peace sign himself. I used to hate the guy, but um, I don't know. I'm becoming neutral. His, his his former teammate took over that role. It's funny how it's another Kansas City Chiefs player. Uh, excuse me, Yuck City Chiefs. I have to stick to that name. Yuck City Chiefs. Miami uh, had two two sacks in the game. Buffalo had four. Greg Rousseau led the Buffalo Bills with two sacks in the game. On uh, Mr. Tua, again, just simply wasn't Buffalo, uh, Miami's day, unfortunately. Big, big, uh, big Dolphins fan. Well, kind of. <clears throat> kind of a closet Dolphins fan since, like, the s- day I started watching football. Teams like San Francisco, Miami. It's just classic. Like, heritage type teams, in my opinion. In a lot of ways, Buffalo's a heritage team, but are they, though? I don't know. Before Jim Kelly got there, they didn't do a whole lot. They did have OJ. They did have the juice and all that back in the 70s, but I don't know. That's kind of all they had, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. The Brown Bowl, Baltimore versus Cleveland. Baltimore is the only team in the NFL that's a part of two different bowls where it's like a a team moves away and, yeah, and you're kind of getting revenge on one city. It's like two teams that played in the same city. Yeah, anyhow, in this case, it's the Brown Bowl, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. And as usual, as per usual, the Baltimore Ravens win. Unfortunately, Cleveland, who's looked so freaking good, coming into this week, did not have their starting quarterback. They had somebody named Dorian Thompson Robinson. D-T-R. And he threw an I-N-T three times in the game. And that's kind of the story. Uh, Baltimore does have a good defense. A good pass rush. All that good stuff. Lamar Jackson. Uh, and obviously Cleveland has a f- fantastic defense. But just the vibe the whole game. It was just kind of like not good it was just wasn't a good vibe for cleveland unfortunately and they lose their first home game of the season after being 2-0 baltimore's 2-0 on the road which actually has kind of been their uh mo it's been their signature kind of forever they've always been kind of a good road team in one era or the next certainly in the joe flacco era they went all the way to the afc championship game as an underdog back in 2008 and ran into the nasty disgusting pittsburgh steelers who yeah i wasn't a fan of that particular club Yes, yeah, I'm kind of a love-hate type of guy. You know, I, I I like seeing Cleveland do well. Can't stand Pittsburgh. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Pittsburgh, I, I like more than I used to. Not that you're here to hear about who I love and hate, because I'm making it a little bit too much about myself here, and I apologize for that. <laughs> Cleveland, obviously, just like what more can I say? It's just not their day. Again, another one of those balls type of games. Like, okay, this team got killed, this team sucked today, and that team got killed, and that team sucked today. Oh, Pittsburgh, what? I, I feel so bad about this. Speaking of Pittsburgh and not being a fan, but uh, I don't mind this game. Kenny Pickett's kind of okay. They weren't okay today. C.J. Stroud picking some butoxys, 306 yards. This is the Houston Texans, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the Houston Texans or the Detroit Lions or anybody like that. The Texans, 30-6, to six, another blowout. It's just blowouts everywhere, except the Vikings game, practically. Um, yeah, the Chiefs and Jets, you can kind of see where that's heading. Um, Devin Singletary also threw a six-yard touchdown. That's cute. C.J. Stroud threw two of them for 300 yards overall in the game. Pittsburgh destroyed in Houston. The Houston Texans definitely showing signs of significant improvement. A big step forward and all that cool stuff. Mike Boone, he was on the Vikings, wasn't he? He ran a ball for four yards in the game, but for Houston, that's cool. So, yeah, he was on the Vikings for a minute, wasn't he? I do believe so, my lord. Uh, yeah, but a comfortable win for Houston, that would be a tiebreaker versus Pittsburgh, if that's possible for some type of a playoff berth. Playoff berth? Houston? You never know. Heck, they won their first playoff game ever. You know, when they their first ever playoff appearance, they won the game. Yeah, that kind of deal, which is something... Around here, we don't know a whole lot of that. We don't know a whole lot about that around here for any of our teams except the, the Wild, I guess, who had some early, early playoff success. And that's fallen by the wayside. Oh, that fell by the wayside very quickly after that. <sighs> Houston, comfortable win. I mean, it's just another one of those. I mean, what more do you need to say? Houston crushed Pittsburgh. Bottom line, Pittsburgh drops to 2-2. Two and two. Houston jumps to 2-2. Two and two. A couple of OT thrillers today, so good for those guys. The Los Angeles Rams defeat the Indianapolis Colts. 29 to 23. A walk-off type victory in favor of the Los Angeles Rams. They're two and two and Indianapolis is what? Two and two. Everybody's two and two except us. Anthony Richardson's back. That's good. After I believe what looked was was like a head injury. Poor completion percentage, but a couple of TD passes and didn't turn the ball over, so that's encouraging. Matthew Stafford, kind of a usual type of Stafford type of day. 300 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Sound about right? I agree. (laughs) Uh, Puka Nakua. Rolls right off your tongue. Had the game of his life with 100, and yeah, he's a pretty good player, isn't he? 9 yards, 169 receptions. God, I'm such a Goofball, hundred nine yards, nine receptions, one hundred and sixty-three yards, and a touchdown with a walk-off victory, over the Indianapolis Colts, who are now zero and two at home. That's not a recipe for success, but it's a rookie quarterback who has tons and tons and oodles and oodles and gobs of potential. And if he was on your fantasy team today, the completion percentage isn't going to hurt you all that much. He ran a ball in the end zone and threw for two. It's not bad, not bad at all. So that helps. Ogletree, one of the coolest names of all time. Had a receiving touchdown along with Mo Ali Cox. Interesting. We got some interesting names everywhere. Tyler Higby, even that kind of rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? It just it just does. Puka Nakua. And I'm probably mispronouncing it, but uh, old Puka with the walk-off winner against the Indianapolis Colts to get the Rams in the his house in a lot of ways. The Rams were up 21-0 and 20-0, pardon me, in this game at one point. And unfortunately for the Rams, they almost blew it, but they didn't. They won. Wahoo, wahoo. Why is the screen not moving? Because it's just not, and it wants to make me upset. Uh, huh, huh. This is the painful part, because I don't think it's going to respond to me now. Oh, there it is. That might help. <laughs> Sorry, I am <laughs> really kind of a clown right now. You ready for another blowout? Me neither, but we're getting it anyway, whether we like it or not. What is up with the Bengals? So much for my so much for my Super Bowl pick. It's like <coughs> would have been like picking Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Like was it four years ago? Number one seed in the entire tournament out in the first round. It never happened before. It was nuts. And then the next year they won the national championship. Yeah. So maybe hopefully Cincinnati, if they have an awful season, they win the Super Bowl next year which just might happen. Joe Mixon with 67 yards on the ground. That's about the highlight of the day. Burrow, not bad numbers, but just not much. Not much to brag about. Not much to write home about. Ryan Tannehill threw an interception, but was pretty, you know, efficient outside of that with a a single touchdown, but nice accuracy. And Derrick Henry turned back the clock quite a bit today. Five and a half yards a carry. The Cincinnati run defense could not get the job done. 122 yards on the ground on just 22 carries. And the ever-talented DeAndre Hopkins with 63 yards for the Tennessee Titans and just four catches. Uh, Nick Westbrook, just Nick Westbrook. I let's just go with that, with a touchdown. And then Josh Wild, Josh Wild. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what type of day it was. 27 to three. That's just it's just the Sunday of blowouts, isn't it? What the heck is up with these teams? What the heck is there up with everybody? Patriots get crushed and cincinnati and blah 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 the jets are getting run right out of the run run right off the field it's just black and then you get overtime thrillers like the colts and stuff and the uh philadelphia eagles and all them another blowout you ready another one another one oh buccaneers and saints 26 to 9 i'm glad to see the man the bucks just keep winning football games they're 3-1 and one. Get your division champion shirts ready to go. Get the division champion merchandise, hats and shirts, for the 2023 Bucks, ready to go because I think that's I think they're going to win the division. I I think so. It's like I I guess I mean good for them. <laughs> good for them for Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield having a really nice year, looking like a first round pick. Let's not say number one overall, but he's looking like a first round pick of a quarterback, kind of like Jared Goff a little east of here across Lake Michigan there, that guy too, Uh, Baker Mayfield, three touchdowns and his usual interception, he's always got to have that, that blemish, like he just can't eat that peanut butter and jelly sandwich without dropping a little bit of that jelly all over the table, or, or like a magazine he's reading, or his phone, or whatever the heck, whatever the heck technology he has in front of him, but 116.9 quarterback rating, and that's kind of what it's like with Baker Mayfield. He'll be eating that wonderful food, but he's always got to spill a little bit. Yeah, even if it's the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich ever made. Three quarterbacks in the game for the Saints, and I know Taysom Hill's going to be on some kind of cute play. Somehow, someway, it was a 13 yard gain. Good for him. Uh, Jameis Winston threw an INT on one pass. Good for him. Um, what else? Derek Carr threw for 127 yards, and that's it. Wow, yuck. Tampa Bay wins comfortably. The Saints get three field goals, and yeah, Michael Thomas, who a lot of us forgot about, seemed like last couple of years. Alvin Kamara, who I remember years ago ran for six touchdowns on Christmas Day against the Vikings. Ho ho ho. Yeah. Anyhow, the <laughs> sorry, I can't help myself. Um, Vita Vey, that rolls right off your tongue too, with a couple of sacks. For the Tampa Bay schmucks, who are not the schmucks, they're kind of like uh, they're kind of like Detroit or something in in a way where you're like, wow, I mean, this is impressive. I think they're better than last year's Bears team, who looked kind of cute early in the season and then everything just kind of completely went down the tubes. Looks like the Jets got a safety, huh? Well, that's kind of funny. And it sounds like the people next door are uh, having a W, whatever this freaking. What is it, WCW or WWE match or something? Like, what is going on? What's up with this? What's going on? Are they dropping, like, 300-pound, like, bench pressers or something? Like, what is the deal over there? Apartment life. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Yeah, it's not worth it. (laughs) Next. Um, There I go, ranting again. Uh, Yeah, it's just one blowout after another. This one's not a blow. The Chargers with a just kind of comfortable seven-point win over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Still getting used to that. Los Angeles Chargers getting used to that too. Twenty-four to seventeen win. This is I'm such a mess here, but yeah, I'll come back to that in a minute. Commanders and Eagles. That was a thriller. Yep, a back and forth, back and forth. But of course the Eagles won because the Eagles won, and I'm beginning to think. It might be a rematch in the Super Bowl or just flat out the Eagles finally, the, the Eagles just win it. I can't imagine any any team being hungrier than the Eagles after what happened last year. They should have beaten the Yuck City Chiefs. They should have. I thought they were the better team. And it's not just because of how I feel about the Yuck City Chiefs. I thought they were the better team, period. Yes, Kansas City has the best player in the world. But Jalen Hurts ain't far behind. And I thought the Eagles had a more complete team. That's not being... Just being a, you know, rube or whatever, whatever you might want to think. Um, as for the Washington Commanders, very, very impressive showing. But unfortunately, you just, you know, it's not college football where you get ranked. I mean, well, some people can do that, I suppose. But it's not college football where you can get ranked. Uh, you know, you don't really lose ranks going and you're losing against the best team in the league by three points. Whereas, yeah, you know, it where it's just simply a loss is a loss. And that's the unfortunate part. But a great, great, great effort by the Washington Commanders. It's kind of sad to see them lose, but also equally impressed with how good this Eagles team is and how they get the job done. Jalen Hurts with 300 yards, couple touchdown passes rating way up there. Uh, didn't run for a touchdown, but he's got the most touchdown runs, I believe, in the history of the league for the short amount of time that he's been in the league. So very impressive Jalen Hurts. It's not that hard to be a fan of his, you might hate the Eagles and all that. You might think they're the biggest jackasses ever, but I think it's more their fan base than anything else. A.J. Brown, what a great day. 175 yards, a couple of TDs for the Eagles. That is a fantasy phenomenal number. That's just a fantasy phenom right there. Brian Robinson, Robinson fumbled but didn't lose the fumble, which is always nice. He did get in the end zone. He's another, again, I mention him almost every week. Well, one of those nice, like second, like third or fourth running backs for your fantasy team that you just love, you just love that guy. He's he's so reliable, he he's he overachieves week in and week out. Particularly he all, he'll always have that little touchdown waiting for you, and it's like that's what that's what like a guy like, um, believe it or not, even Mo Williams is like that at times. But obviously Robinson's a bit further along than a Mo Williams. But just kind of bringing up that name, maybe like a James Stewart kind of at times when he wasn't like a full-time guy. Anyhow, a very impressive win for the Philadelphia Eagles, despite the fact, well, a very impressive showing by the Commanders, but the Eagles were able to overcome it and make a field goal in OT to defeat the Washington club. That looks pretty good. The Washington team called the Commanders, anyway. Three sacks for Nicholas Morrow of of the Philadelphia Eagles, who had a total of five. The Commanders had three. I don't know. You come out feeling bad for the Commanders, but... Again, like I said, equally impressed with the Eagles. They are the cream of the crop this year, it looks like. The other team obviously could be San Francisco, but I don't think they played this week. Oh, they did. Yes, they did. What am I talking about? Of course they did. Another blowout, but we'll get to that in about five seconds here. I just want to make sure I'm not missing stuff. Sorry I'm such a dang mess, but that's, that's how I am lately. Somehow I got into the Steelers before the Commanders but I'm still getting used to this, so this different setup. That's kind of what's really happening. The last game before we get into division talk, and then, of course, the Yuck City Chiefs coming to town with 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 Lamo Bleep, Lamo Sliff, uh, Lamo, uh I don't know what her name is. Taylor Slow, Taylor Putts, Joshua Dobbs, another outstanding uh, performance for the Eagles, or the uh, Arizona Cardinals, the Battle of the Red. Apparently, the uh, Cardinals... We're all white today, which is interesting. But the other best team in the NFC, the 49ers, 4-0, and just like the Eagles. Brock Purdy, another solid performance. Quarterback reigning up on the moon. He had one, one incomplete pass. One. And probably the fantasy champ of the day is Christian McCaffrey with three touchdowns in the game, 106 yards on uh, carrying. And that's what I thought. He also had a fourth touchdown receiving... Uh, 71 yards as well with seven catches. 106 yards on the ground with three touchdowns, so four touchdowns. Yeah, I think I know that simple math and all that. All-purpose yards, 177. Impressive. Impressive. So one pass was incomplete to Christian McCaffrey. It might have been a throwaway along the way. Other than that, almost, uh, my God, uh, Brock Purdy. Completion percentage in the mid-90s doesn't get much better than that. So say what you want about old Mr. Irrelevant over there in San Francisco and he's just a placeholder. I think he's pretty good. He's not Tom Brady, at least not yet, <laughs> obviously. Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady the first year. He was clutch and he was good and it was a great, 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 great defense with good coaching and this and that in uh, New England. But he wasn't as Tom Brady-ish until like the next year or two. That's when his confidence really started soaring to the moon. He was just kind of a young, young, young guy who was clutch and got the job done. That's what Tom Brady was. And then as the years progressed, he became something a heck of a lot more special than anybody could have ever imagined in the sixth round of the draft, despite the fact he came from a very uh, heritage-like college called the Michigan Wolverines. Brandon Ayuk was on fire with only six catches for 148 yards. Hmm. And and this is definitely a better Arizona team, but they got absolutely stomped, 35 to 16, again, wearing all white in San Francisco. And they might as well have been wearing white because they were waving the white flag. They were not too long in the game, especially when you have Chris Boyd as one of your, (laughs) Chris Boyd on the sidelines there in Arizona, Chris Boyd. but it's Arizona. I mean, good for Chris Boyd that he's still in the league, I suppose. San Francisco defense barely had to do much because the offense was just—it was like a—it uh, uh, was like an image of perfection. It was like Michael Jordan and cleats, unbelievable, just beautiful. Uh, Thursday night game might as well get to that now. Another semi-thriller. Let's. Uh, why is it saying this? You can't tell me that I can't go there. There it is. That was the darndest thing. Jordan Love reality is setting in with a couple of INTs. Still has 246 yards, but again, a mediocre performance overall by Jordan Love. Completed literally half of his passes. Like 50% is not acceptable. It was acceptable about 50 some years ago. Sure, 60% was like, wow, this guy's awesome. Like about 30 years ago in the early 90s, 50% in 2023. I don't know, man. And a couple of IMTs to boot. Yuck, city. Yuck City. Jared Goff, a little better. He also had an INT, but generally speaking, the Detroit Lions went into Lambeau Field and put the whoop-ass on the Green Bay Packers. Despite the fact the Packers made a bit of a valiant comeback for a minute there, made things a little interesting in that third quarter, Detroit just kind of ended up putting the old can out there. They, they put the can of you-know-what on the Green Bay Packers with a 34-20 to solid victory, looking to be a divisional champion this year. I mean, the Vikings have their work cut out for them. Us, we, us, them, purple, whatever they are. That was all right. I love seeing what I just saw. Nice. Yep, but he's just saying, my bad, my bad. That would be old pretty boy himself for the Kansas City Chiefs. Threw the ball right to <laughs> the, New- the New York uh, defender. I like that. <laughs> Good. I, uh, yeah, it was like right to him. I think, uh, what what, what was, I I guess, I mean, I guess you're trying to sail it over him, but you didn't, though. You didn't sail it over him. It just, I don't know, man. (laughs) He's human, isn't he? That's right. Doggone it. David Montgomery, the former Chicago Bear, absolutely was a huge part of the uh, success of the Detroit Lions with three touchdowns, 121 yards. Bell cow type of game, and of course, when it comes to Montgomery, uh, solid defense, good running game. Jared Goff, a starting quarterback. He's a starter. He's, he's not just a placeholder, he's a starter. Oh my gosh, I was had a. My heart almost sang like, no! They didn't throw a flag on the Jets, and then they have to give the ball back. It's like, nope, it was just a stupid, uh, what do they call that? False start on the, the best helmets in the league. That's the New York Jets. Anyhow. Detroit, again, significantly, they look like the best team in the NFC North. They simply look like the best team in the NFC North. That's all you really got to say at the end of the day. Five sacks and Jordan Love, and that's very impressive to say the least. Good for him, uh, good for them, and good for Dan Campbell, who was bit so many times in the past with those close losses. I remember last year they had a horrible start to the season and then almost made the playoffs. But, um, yep, that horrible start just kind of bleeped them up and put them in a hole they couldn't come out of, which kind of feels like the Vikings is here so far. Maybe we can be lovable and adorable by the end of the season. Oh, come on, they can do it. Yeah, well, a team that some people thought was lovable and adorable. there was uh, They were carrying the momentum of the Miami Dolphins last week who put 70 points on the Denver Broncos. The Chicago Bears thought they were going to win a game in Denver. They had a commanding lead and they gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter and didn't muster a, a, didn't even kick a, didn't even make a field goal to the Chicago Bears. It's like they just stopped playing once the fourth quarter showed up. Justin Fields had an amazing day. One of the best games of his career, if not the best. Four touchdown passes, 335 yards, 28 of 35. He had an interception, unfortunately. Quarterback rating still up on the moon, 132.7, but that interception proved to be something you just didn't want to have three uh, touchdowns for Russell Wilson, he kind of woke up and started playing as his team was getting pounded by a team that a lot of people thought was the worst team in the league. the Chicago Bears, who unfortunately are, I guess, because they ended up giving up 17 points to this Denver Broncos Club. Sean Payton will not start the season over four and imagine I can imagine if the Bears ended up like sustaining their lead and beat the crap out of Denver, Sean Payton would be gone before the end of the season. It would be back-to-back years where it's like, you know what, the hell with it. But then again, they're paying him so much. Maybe not. Maybe they can't do it. I don't know. But uh, Cole Kmet with 85 yards and two touchdowns. DJ Moore with 131 yards. These are all for the Bears. And a touchdown. And Khalil Herbert also with a touchdown. Um, unfortunately, you have Justin Fields also had a fumble loss. And I don't know. It's just a darn shame the way the Bears kind of choked this one away. But I guess the Vikings are in sole possession of third place now. It's all separate. Every team is separated by a half game at least. Detroit, first place, 3-1. and one. Green Bay, second place, 2-2. Two and two. Minnesota, third, one and 1-3. Chicago, 0-4. Oh last. So there you go. There's your NFC North Roundup. Chicago Bias are in last place. And I don't believe a Chicago... Yeah, both Chicago teams in, in baseball were absolutely hideous. This past season, the Bulls have talent, but I don't think they'll ever win anything. Didn't the White Sox lose like 101 games this year? So real quick before I get to Casey, and since it's the uh, second segment and we get cute sometimes here, my fantasy baseball team won by the skin of its teeth in a tie game, but um, at the end of the day, the tie game, uh, a tie game, ends up going to the team with the uh, higher seed, and thank God that was me, because one time I lost that way in a championship game. It was, dev- or it was a semifinal game, actually, in hockey about four or five years ago. It was devastating. I think I was the fourth seed and up- upstart team going against the number two, and then that number two went on and won easily in the championship, which tells me I would have probably won the title had I mustered maybe one goal extra or something, whatever the difference was. It was devastating. Um, and I wound up with a nice, pretty bronze trophy, if I remember correctly. Yay. But uh, my fantasy baseball ends up winning it all this year, starting off in first place and ending in first place, one of those magical years where it just, you know, we just kind of hung on, hung on, hung on, stayed just a little bit ahead of everybody else. I didn't dominate the league. It was just a little bit ahead. Things kind of looked a little bit uh, scary for a while, but ended up winning. Thank God. Uh, and the Minnesota Twins will be... <clears throat> The Minnesota Twins will be... I don't even know what the word is anymore. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) there's no tip-off or anything like that. It'll be (laughs) throwing opening pitch, I guess, with the Toronto Blue Jays. The last time the Twins and Blue Jays faced off in the postseason was the ALCS, the American League Championship Series, in 1991. And who won the World Championship that year? The Minnesota Twins. Hopefully the Twins can gain that momentum by somehow getting past Toronto in a small three-game series. Best out of three in the wild card. And then you go to the ALDS, the ALCS, and the World Series. So, who knows what will happen. I believe the Twins won 88 games this year. Which is just a couple more than that 87 team that won it all. With only 85 wins. New York Jets are on the move. And, wow. It's now 17-11. to 11. Yuck City has given up 11 straight points. I think uh, New York is going for two, understandably, because four is closer than five. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, it helps. Anyhow, somehow it does. But the Bears, yeah, the Bears are what they are. Chicago sucks in baseball too, unfortunately. Hockey. Well, they have the best prospect in the NHL, Connor Bedard. The other Connor. Man, Sean Payton looks about. He looks about 15 years older. Wow. He looks like some old, like, World War II, like, colonel or something. Well, well, the sons of sons of bleeps, they went out there, and I, I don't know, we were all dang and cursed, cursed. <coughs> That's what he looks like to me. But anyhow, um, Kansas City Chiefs, Yuck City Chiefs, Vikings history. Let's get to it now, immediately. Since Yuck is giving up the lead here, which is great. Eight. Hey, Eight and five, the Chiefs lead the all-time season series. Only 13 games, all, all-time NFL series, which does include a Super Bowl, which actually was the first game we ever played against the Kansas City slash Yuck City Chiefs, which is a root of my dislike for the franchise. The Vikings were favored by 18 points on January eleventh, 1970, because the Super Bowl started a lot earlier back then for multiple reasons. Um, we didn't get as commercial and crazy until years later, including adding two more game regular season games along the way. Um, Vikings favored by 18 points against an upstart Chiefs team that did also feature a former Gopher star by the last name of Bell. But the Bell told, unfortunately, for the Kansas City Chiefs in a convincing thrashing, 23 to seven, and the Vikings actually trailed the game 23 to nothing until they finally scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. In New Orleans, Louisiana, two-lane stadium, 80,562 fans in attendance to watch a completely upstart, complete underdog put the whooping on a powerful, awesome Purple People Eaters club that had all the talent in the world, was young and exciting because, yeah, the Purple People Eaters were young and exciting in 1969. They had Joe Kapp, the the... Um, I believe he's called the Raging Occasion, right? He was a crazy guy, but he didn't have a good day. And, uh, you know, and Gary Cuzo came in as a backup at one point, didn't do anything. Len Dawson, stacked three times in the game, had an INT. He didn't have great numbers, but back then, 12 of 17 is extremely efficient, especially back then. Um, he was the better quarterback, definitely. Joe Cap, unfortunately, threw a couple INTs, and the Vikings lost their first of four Super Bowls. The only one that had featured Joe Cap because Mr. Uh, 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 Brad Tarkington would return and give the Vikings hope to go all the way. But unfortunately, he'd aged a bit with the New York Giants and the Vikings in the future would just be underdog after underdog after underdog in Super Bowls. This was the chance. You know, it's like that was your year and you blew it. And unfortunately, that's kind of been the Vikings history in so many ways. Uh, The next year, the Vikings did what they always do when they have horrific... Devastating defeats in the postseason, be it the Super Bowl or the NFC title game or whatever, they put the can of whoop ass on a Kansas City team in on January Genu- uh, on September twentieth, nineteen seventy, twenty-seven to ten in Met Stadium. And how much does that mean all these years later? As much as it meant that day, nothing, not a whole lot. And that sucks, doesn't it? It's it's a night. It's nice to win a regular season game, but that's all it was—a regular season game. Win the big one. You know, I'd rather lose twenty-seven, ten, in uh, uh, you know, eight, nine months later, and, and and I have a ring on my finger for the rest of my life, you know, and can pass it down to my great grandchildren. I won a Super Bowl over the Chiefs in nineteen seventy. Yeah, but guess what? They didn't. Damn it. Four years later, the Vikings know that. Yeah, the Vikings would win comfortably over the Chiefs again. Wahoo. Seventy-four Vikings would go on to play. Pittsburgh Steelers, which were an up-and-coming dynasty in the NFL, this was just a few weeks, yeah, just, just like a, like a month later, we would. Uh, this must have been the regular season finale, thirty-five to fifteen, and wound up and wound up going against the Chiefs team that held us to six bleeping points. Whew! So that's thirteen total points in two Super Bowl games. <sighs> Great, at least between the Chiefs and the uh, Steelers, who are classic teams in the AFC. the uh, year before Miami would run all over the Vikings in a lot of ways. Not a sexy team, but the, they would get all these key third downs and beat the Vikings the year before. The 73 Vikings lost to the 73 Dolphins, who won back-to-back Super Bowls and never went back since. Uh, actually, they did. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, they, but they got their butts kicked by Joe Montana and the 49ers in 84. Next, 1981, all those years later, the Chiefs would win 10-6 to in Met Stadium against an aged Vikings team that was in the middle of transition and uh, yeah, it was meh. That might have been the day before the miracle uh, the week before the miracle versus Cleveland where the Vikings snuck into the playoffs and lost right away if I remember correctly. Well, I don't remember it happening, but you know, through, via history. The Chiefs to beat the Vikings again and take a three games to two lead in the, season, in the all-time series nine years later. That's a long wait. 1981 to 1990 my goodness my cat was alive when the Chiefs beat the Vikings nine years later September 9th 1990 must have been the season opener right there or maybe the maybe the second game 24 to 21 in what I believe was arrowhead Stadium no maybe not it probably let's look it up Arrowhead Stadium Kansas City Missouri yes it was who were the quarterback yeah Herschel Walker huh. received a touchdown from Wade Wilson Wade Wilson was a starting quarterback and he completed literally half of his passes But he threw three touchdowns, Steve DeBerg wow, that's a classic one one of the all-time leading fumble guys if I remember correctly, but he was a good quarterback he just couldn't only hang on to the damn ball and Mr. Mediocrity Herschel Walker had 68 yards on the ground so, yeah Vikings lost though, bummer that was the season over, by the way. Vikings almost never win in Arrowhead Stadium. We basically never do. I don't think we ever actually won in that building. We did win a game at Kansas City in 1974. And that's the last time, isn't it? Yep. That's the last time the Vikings won in Kansas City. It was 1974. And, I'm, and that wasn't Arrowhead Stadium yet. 1974. Wow. Wow. Wow, it's like you think about that; it's incredible. But this is not a road game; it's just ironic. The Vikings just cannot beat this bleeping Chiefs team. Um, the Vikings had a nice what they called it was like a dome wrapped victory over the Chiefs to make the playoffs, thirty to ten. That was a very impressive win. Right after Christmas, it was like you know a Christmas thing that kind of helped the Vikings make the playoffs that year. That was a big win, and I think it was early the next week the Vikings beat the Redskins by like, like the skin of our teeth and made the playoffs officially. And Chris Carter eclipsed 1,000 yards for the first time in his career around that time. Chiefs or Chiefs have beat the Vikings in 96, 21 to 6. I barely remember that game. Was that Albert Gerbach? I just have to check that out just for fun. Yep, Marcus Allen was still playing. Pete Stoyanovich. Yep, very familiar names. Impressive. Steve Bono. That's right. Yep, that's right. Steve Bono. Good, good backup quarterback with the Niners and starter for the Chiefs for a small period there. Where they had a great uh, record one of those years, but it ended up doing a whole lot of nothing in the postseason. Yeah, they just would lose right away. I forgot. Let's look at the win-loss record, because I know the '96 Chiefs were okay, or that couldn't have been that same team. Maybe it was a year before. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think '95 Chiefs. They had a great record, but lost to the Colts. Yeah, '95. Yep, because that was uh Jim Harbaugh, captain comeback at the time. Knocked them out in the first round or second round or whatever it was because the Chiefs had the bye. Chiefs would win by the skin of their teeth. Yep, it was a Pete Stojanovic kick that helped uh, really hurt the Vikings' chances of winning the division that year. Um, devastating loss in frickin' Arrowhead, which is typical of the Vikings. Dropping us to 7-6, Stojanovic had the game-winning kick. I still remember that one very well. Very frustrating day. Yep, uh, Vikings should have won that game but didn't. I think there was a huge, like, yeah, Randy Moss returned a punt. Yep, that was awesome. There's occasionally we put Randy Moss there for a kick return, and he would be spectacular. But the Vikings defense just couldn't hold the Chiefs down the stretch, and we lost. But, yep, shows how often we play this club. All the way, 2003, Vikings would crush the Chiefs 45-20. to 20. Yep, that was the culpepper led Vikings, and that was us trying to make the playoffs around that time. We ended up not making it. 2007. The Chiefs have beat the Vikings 13-10. to 10. Ugh. Yeah, another one of those bullcrap Arrowhead games. God. Yep, that was real early. That was when, oh yeah, I remember now. Uh, Jared Allen was on the Chiefs still. It was his last year with the Chiefs. And he just stacked Kelly Holcomb into, into Kingdom Come. Yep, five stacks total in the game. Not tr- Five sacks on Kelly Holcomb. Yep, who couldn't move uh, uh, at all. Damon Heward, same thing. It was an awful football game. Adrian Peterson did get 102 yards on the ground, and the aging Larry Johnson was mediocre at best. Um, but God, Bobby Wade, yuck! It was a terrible Vikings offense. Outside of uh, outside of Adrian Peterson, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about in that one. Um, yeah, Tony Gonzalez had some moments. I want to see how many sacks Jared Allen had. I think it was three. Where is it? Two, but they were key sacks. In a very close game. Yep, Jared Allen. God. Yep, that was. Uh, yep, Jared Allen against the Vikings, and became a Viking the next year. That was exciting for us. 2011, terrible Vikings team. I don't even like to think about it. 22 to 17, earlier that team was getting snake bit, and uh, what's his name was pitiful. I still remember the. It was a night. It was a very dry early October day, very warm and dry day here in Minnesota, but that game was in KC and they were doing their you know, chop chant the whole game, and they, they beat us. What's his name? Was below average at best, him being Donovan McNabb. To think that was only... Wow. That was just two times... That was just two... Uh, two games ago versus the Chiefs, and that was 2011. 12 years ago. Four years later, the Chiefs would beat the Vikings... Uh, no, the Vikings would beat the Chiefs 16-10 to in 2015. Was that against... Uh, yeah 2015 yep that was a teddy bridgewater early on i think that might have been te- that might have been teddy's first game i think no he played against atlanta he came back a couple of weeks later he was mediocre was teddy and alex smith was a little better but the vikings would emerge victorious somehow some way against the chiefs team in tcf bank stadium that was that fun little year in the bank including 2014 of course um, that was not Teddy's first game. It was a whole year ago. What am I talking about? And the Vikings would lose a close one. Back and forth against, yeah, the other frickin' backup quarterback in Kansas City because the Vikings refused to win in Arrowhead Stadium. I remember ranting about it that day. Matt Moore, yep. Ugh. Matt Moore had one of his better games. He is a Minnesota native, if I remember correctly. Former Carolina Panther. Kirk Cousins had great numbers and everything, but the Vikings, well, he had touchdowns. He, his completion percentage was way down there. Terrible. Dalvin Cook had 71 yards on the ground, but overall a frustrating day. Yeah, when it's such a rare history against a team, it's kind of fun to kind of really go into the history between the two clubs. Um, But obviously, franchise snake bit in the city of Kansas, in Kansas City, Missouri, and also, again, the start of all of our pain and suffering in the postseason, particularly in the Super Bowl, but now just later postseason games like the NFC title game started against the Kansas City Chiefs way back in early 1970 in, the, in Super Bowl number 4. So as for today's uh, matchup, well, you know, this upcoming uh, next week's matchup anyway against a very talented Chiefs team. Yeah, but I mentioned earlier Tim Wakefield died at age 57 due to brain cancer of all things. Jeez. Um, he pitched for 19 years in the league and won two World Series at the Boston Red Sox one of the great knuckleballers of all time, Tim Wakefield. We will give him a moment of silence. God bless Tim Wakefield and his family. That's very, very sad to say the least there. Okay, the city, though, now is up 20-12. to 12. I'm not going to be surprised one bit if the Chiefs win comfortably in this game. Obviously, you have... He Who Shall Not Be Named at the tight end position. 37 yards at the moment. Obviously, he's had great numbers. And I'm sure they're going to be showing She Who Shall Not Be Named constantly if she's at the game. But I haven't seen her in this one because I haven't been really paying as super close attention. I'd rather concentrate on doing the show. Zach Wilson has actually been decent. This game is in New Jersey, right? Where is it? Medlife Stadium. That would be New Jersey. It's amazing how the Giants and the Jets play in the same building. That's shocking actually, but it, it could be done. Isaiah pa- Pacquiao, he can be a pain in the butt to deal with. Um, he definitely was a problem for the Eagles last year. 84 yards and just 8 rushes. Jeez, he is he is kind of the other peace sign, and he's wearing that same number. Amazing how they moved on from old peace sign in just a single year. Jarek McKinnon, there's a former Viking to worry about, but only 3 yards on the ground. As Pacquiao uh, Pacheco. I'm never going to get it right. Pacheco. Pacheco with a touchdown again. Um, So, and of course Mahomes had that Kirk Cousins moment where he literally threw it to the Jets pretty much. He threw it right into the Jets defender, which is hilarious. Um, It really was. I loved it. That would be uh, Ashton Davis. Okay. Um, Kansas City, obviously there's talent all over the place and you really like what the you know, I've, I've always liked um, Steve Spagnuolo. Kind of bend but don't break, but just gets the job done. Um, he has multiple championships with multiple teams as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, Super Bowl title with the Giants and the and the Chiefs. He is one of the great uh, defensive coordinators. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Mike Edwards with the sack so far in this game. But obviously the Chiefs, it's the passing attack, but they also have a great running. Uh, they also have a great running back and. uh, uh Pacheco I don't think I'll ever say it right Isaiah I almost called him Nick see you're like what's wrong with me but Isaiah Pacheco he's a pain in the butt to deal with 100 he only had 155 yards coming into the uh into this game which is weird last year see it's like kind of Cam Akers numbers last year but really stepped up in the big moments though he really did um but yeah Cam Akers type numbers in 17 total games last year also it's a running back by committee a bit there and he was only a seventh round pick he was a rookie in the seventh round where Aker was like Aker's part of me was like a, a mid-second round pick kind of like Dalvin Cook. Um, well, only five TDs. But, yeah, he'd, he'd get those big moments. He'd make those big plays at the big moments. So, and he's a cocky son of a gun, too. He likes to, yeah, he likes to celebrate a lot. Kind of like everybody else. And I mean everybody else. Uh, Harrison but, but, Kerr is one of the best kickers in the league. One of the most, uh, reliable so you hope and pray it's not a closed game if somehow we're in it somehow some way we blow them out but i don't know about that uh it's safe to say the chiefs will be heavy favorites against the vikings i would be shocked beyond belief even though it, you know it's going to be here so you want to believe the vikings have a chance but home field doesn't mean a whole lot with the vikings as much as we thought um i just don't get that vibe we've lost a playoff game there and all that. We almost lost to the Saints. Remember that we almost did in the playoffs as well. We've had a lot of insanely disappointing games, including the sixth touchdown day against the Saints in the, uh, around Christmas when the Vikings were still alive for the postseason. As terrible as that team was, we were still alive for the playoffs. It just felt worse than it was because we were kind of close to 500-ish. Um, just kind of funny how all that turns out. So I don't really, as cool as that stadium is, and the whole skull chant and the, the you know, playing the playing the, the horn and all that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'd like to believe it's going to make a huge difference against the Chiefs. But I'll believe it when I see it. Unfortunately, it's like, you go against the best quarterback in the league. Heo uh, shall not be named. He's still a dangerous, he's still a threat until he gets a little bit older. Eventually he's going to get old and not be a, uh, not be a star anymore. Kind of like Another annoying guy who plays for the Golden State Warriors who over-celebrates as well. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, picking the the Vikings to beat the Chiefs would be wonderful. I'd like to believe we could pick off Patrick Mahomes, but that felt like last year if we were going to do that, especially in the regular season where we'd find a way to win a close, close game uh, even against a really good team. Especially in U.S. Bank Stadium. It would have been sweet, but Right now, there's no way I can pick the Vikings over the Chiefs. I think uh, the, the the Yuck City Chiefs, I think they win the game. Something along the likes of, like, I don't know, 34, 34 to, I don't know, 34 to 24. I think the Chiefs beat the Vikings by 10, which, you know, sorry. It's just the way it is. I'm being objective. I'm not trying to be a hater of the Vikings and... I think a lot of you know how I feel about the Chiefs. There's a reason why I call them Yuck City, because I can't stand them. And I can't, st- <laughs> there's so, uh, can't stand the tape. Um, but it is what it is. If the Vikings come out and beat the Yuck City Chiefs, that'd be insanely impressive. But it'll take a it'll take a hell of an effort. It'll take more consistency. It'll take hanging on to the bleeping ball. <laughs> it'll take eliminating dumb mistakes by a certain quarterback who is very highly you know, compensated. It'll take an offensive line to be you know more and more consistent. Unfortunately, the kicker missed there. Greg Zuerlein, one of the most consistent and reliable kickers in the NFL, missed for the Jets. That sucks. They would have been within five. And uh, fellow Lebanese man, Coach Sala, there dropped an F bomb upon the miss. Hip. Yep. <laughs> He's a hundred percent Lebanese. I'm fifty percent. So fifty percent English, basically to go along with that, English and German. Um, uh, With that said, the Chiefs beat the Vikings by 10. It's that simple. With that, we're going to take a quick break, and you will hear from Gerald String.
1: Time this show airs, hope not. But uh, wouldn't sh- wouldn't shock me with Andy Dalton. Um, they never do very good against Andy Dalton, so I'm hoping that jinxing us. But uh, no, my observation in the first three games anyway is uh, just my four fundamentals that I've. You know, you got to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to stop the run. You need to be able to put pressure on the other team's quarterback, and you need to win the turnover battle and uh, we failed in all four of those areas right now so um, and we've been in every game you know we're 10-0 and 0 last year in one score games and if you go back to the playoff game last year we're 0-4 right now so man we're, we're in every game but we just can't finish the deal and uh, you know we're not giving the defense, uh, the, I think the defense is playing just a tad bit better this year but we don't give them any breaks I mean, we're not, we don't have those long sustained drives to give them let them rest and uh, let them sit on the bench for a while. Let's keep let's keep the other team's defense on the field for a while and wear them down. But uh, that's been my observation. So uh, I know 0-3 and hopefully not 0-4, it seems like you can't come back from that. And the odds are of making the playoffs. Well, this team isn't built for the playoffs right now. I mean, they, we need to go... You know, and people are going to talk about Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook, but man, we need we need some linemen. We need we need a good solid offensive line, and we need to start building back our defensive line. And our defensive line in the middle, I felt last year was weak, and they just they're not getting penetration. They're not. You know, teams are just gashing us with the run. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's going to take. We need to rebuild our line back up. Uh, you look at the championship teams that that win championships or go deep in the playoffs. They, you know, Forty ers Eagles, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You look at their offensive line, their defensive line, and they can they can uh, control the line of scrimmage, and we just can't do that right now. So, I'm sorry, but Kirk Cousins can't do that, and uh, that's just the way it is. Um, you can use your emotions and say it's like the quarterback's the problem, but that, that is not the problem in my book. Um is Kirk Cousins a top five quarterback? Probably not. Might not even be a top ten, but top ten or twelve I would say. And uh with our horrid running game and our of the defense just I think the defence is playing better at times, but but then once we get wore down, we just can't. Uh, pretty soon teams just start gashing us, and we just can't. It seems like we can't stay with them for the whole game. So, anyway, I'm done ranting and raving. Um, there's always next year. Just kidding. You know, hopefully we can at least stop the, tur- the turnover ratio. Like that would uh, We'd at least have at least one or if not two victories. But it uh, didn't happen. So 0-3 and hopefully not 0-4. Hopefully when this airs, we're, uh, we had an amazing game in Carolina, beat one of the worst teams on the road. <laughs> so hopefully that happened, but uh, we shall see. So score Purple Mafia Nation. Let's not give up yet. we got some time, but it's frustrating. So, all right, talk to you all later.
0: And I thank you so much for that call in, Gerald Sring. Really appreciate hearing from you, Gerald, calling in from South Dakota now. So apparently he's moved to South Dakota, correct? Yep. um, Yep, Gerald from South Dakota. So that's really, uh, really great to hear from you. And yep, he's the classic one who said in the past, "Did I mention we need some guards?" I was in a call in a few years ago, and um, yep, still, still the case. And how the trenches are oh, trenches are also oh important to the success of so many franchises that have won the Super Bowl. That's how the New York Giants defeated an undefeated team in the Super Bowl. New York Giants with their defensive line. And the fact that well see the Vikings defensive line had easily their best game of the season so far against the Carolina Panthers and funny, we won the game. So, it's stuff like that. Yeah, if if you have no pass rush and you can't protect your own quarterback against the other team's pass rush, if you're basically, again, losing the games, losing the battles in the trenches over and over and over and over again, you probably are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. If you're mediocre, you'll win some games, you'll lose some games. If you're a little... You know, if you're good at, if you're prolific at something else, but mediocre there, you'll make the playoffs, but lose to a team that's better, uh, has a better defensive line slash better offensive line, so on and so forth. If you're outstanding in the trenches, at least on one side of the ball, and decent on the other side, you just might be a Super Bowl contender if you have a competent quarterback and all that good type of stuff. So, yeah, I totally feel you there. Uh, the pass rush definitely was completely not there whatsoever. And funny, Marcus Davenport playing in his first game as a Minnesota Viking coming in from the Saints looked pretty good. I, I, that, that was nice. That was very encouraging, to be quite honest. Really liked what I saw from Marcus Davenport. And um, hopefully we get more and more of that. Hopefully the son of a gun can stay healthy and maybe earn uh, an extension with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't anticipate anything like a seven-year contract or anything unless he has the season of his life after the uh, after returning. But just saying, maybe he could stick around if he ends up being as good as he looked today, and uh, we'll see, so that's obviously a huge huge thing, that defensive line, and obviously getting protection from the offensive line you didn't hear nearly as many complaints out of Ed Ingram, and well, I mean he was <laughs> gift, he's, he's been gift wrapped that position, at least so it seems, I mean, Dalton Reisner, anyone? Hello, we did sign him right, so kind of strange, thank you so much Gerald, that is an awesome call yeah, I really appreciate that, and now we can call him Gerald from South Dakota, Gerald from South Dakota, so um, there you go, all right, so we'll continue from there to X, the X Twitter, the formerly known as Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, and it should be in the show description, I want to thank Vince Germano coming in out of Australia, Lakers, Pies, Browns, Malcolm McSween coming in out of California, And Sine Brown coming in out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show. Really appreciate Uh, you. Purple Mafia episode 406. Generous tippers. We're generous tippers. Today, I still haven't officially decided on a name for the show. And we're in segment number three. Got to think of something. And we'll see. Maybe something really cool will come to my mind or something very basic. Like uh, trenches. I don't know. Yeah, trenches matter. Yeah, that might be something. Anyhow, Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Great to hear from you. And yep, this is where we can still hear from Dave Hickey because I don't think the Facebook's coming back. That's just my guess. I might have to recreate Facebook all over again. Good luck to me, right? It could take like 50 years, you know. I mean, it, it was struggling forever. Kind of, it had, it had some surges and then it would do nothing for a couple of years and then it would have another surge and then it did absolutely nothing for the longest time and then because, of you know, the Zimmer era was really bad. Honestly, um, by about... Well, really, after... After uh, twenty eight, after 2017, everything just stopped, basically. And then last year, the thing surged. It was like a 33% increase, which is insane. And then, now they're killing the account, which I don't know why, because they're evil. Anyhow, let's get to Dave Hickey out of Iowa. says... Okay, yep, he's responding to something I said, so I better... Yeah, so you guys know what the heck we're talking about. I was saying... Come on, man. There we go. Evans, Evans has to bring that in or at a bare minimum bat it away. Dave Vicky was saying that was the major, that was last week. That was the major turning point in the game. Him missing that interception. Then a wide receiver passed to two wide open receivers for a walk-in touchdown. Yep, that was tiring as well. <laughs> Great to hear from you, Dave. I was saying that absolutely murdered murdered us. It's just been a bounce-of-the-ball type of year. Everything's going wrong, a lot like 2021, all over again. Yep, so we go from there. Dave Hickey, yep, uh, and he's responding again. I was saying pure incompetence, Bon Voyage, Kirk Cousins. That was the pick six, one for 99 yards. Looks like there's a bunch of replies. I wonder where they are. Dave Hickey said more mistake, not a bunch, but a few, more mistakes, Then um, they get a penalty on a touchdown and then throw a pick six. So yeah, it was pretty pathetic. Yeah, it could have been a touchdown. <coughs> Please stop showing that clown singer that I don't like. Overrated singer, vastly overrated singer. And I will say that till I'm blue in the face, because it's true. And if you don't dis, and if you don't agree, I don't care. Next, I was saying so sloppy. What a nasty overall game so far. Mad Martin says, "We can wish Joey about Bon Voyage." Uh, um her cousins carolina is is one of the worst teams in the league and and our lot find a find a way to fell down by 10 because of a turnover and a and a three and out Yep, this would be day uh again mad martin coming out of northern scotland so do think about the our lot and our lot so yep you You do consider. Yep, I I love the way you talk. Yep, and it's awesome. He says, It's unacceptable to always do this on a regular basis. He needs to go. Yep, how he just kind of, yeah, he like mind bleeps in like the worst time possible. That's Kirk Cousins. I was saying, It's beyond maddening. What an utter tease that his whole career has been. Which makes, yep, yep. And then Matt Martin says, Bleeping priceless. Yet another bleep show from what's supposed to be a high powered offense. Yep, all the yeah, the turnovers and the three and outs, they need to shake it up completely. The product on the field sucks. Yep. And yeah, even after today's game, I don't feel a lot better, and I'm sure Mad Martin doesn't either. Yeah, I mean, especially like when we were winning by like a point for the longest time. It was like, yeah, you know, and we beat yeah, like one bounce of the ball the wrong way, Carolina could have won. Just just think about that. You know? It's ridiculous. It is bleeping priceless, isn't it? Uh, Mad Martin continues. He was saying, let's be honest. If this team has any legitimate goal of being a contender, they should be blowing this team out. And it's like, no doubt. To think we were trailing 13-7 to 7 as long as we were. Yep. Mad Martin says, are they telling us something by keeping Ingram out there? Does that mean they're tagging on this season? Yeah, it's really weird. I was saying, it makes you wonder, like, what the heck? Yep. Mad Martin continues, a win. Wow. Thanks to the D. So we've uh, we've the best receivers in the league, the highest-paid tight end, and a quarterback on 35 million, and they managed 14 points against one of the worst teams in the league. Exactly. See, that's why, for so many reasons, a lot of us veteran fans are not dancing on the roof. Because why should we? <laughs> why should we? The two, you know, two of the best receivers in the league, both very young, of course. Yeah, um, and even a third one who's pretty good. He's he's limited. He's more limited than I'd like to admit. I'm a huge fan of k j Osborne, but you know sometimes he just there's something there's obviously there there's a difference you know between him and the Justin Jeffersons in the world. there's a significant difference it's like you know Justin Jefferson finds a way to get the ball in situations that other people just can't and then does more with it afterward as well but um yeah, great, 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 great comment there on that one that was a biggie, and then today Brown wraps up the x section thing. Again, Dittany coming in out of New Zealand. Just catching up on the game. It's interesting how Kirk has been in the league so long. But when he starts a game with a mistake, he can't shake it. Surprisingly, surprised one after the early pick six. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. A lot of times, that's a mind bleep right there. When Kirk Cousins has a huge uh, mistake early on in the game, we're usually dead. And, like you know, like the strip sack against, uh, the, what was it? Was it Pollard and the Cowboys? That was a bad moment, man. That was a really bad moment, and the Vikings got blown to bits after that. Um, Wow. What the heck? So, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy, to say the least. So now we're ready to move to, what's that? Instagram. That's right, Purple Mafia Show is on Instagram instead of Facebook, basically. Purple Mafia Show, basically. Yep, so just look on Instagram if you have it. And if you don't, please do get it just for the sake of interacting with Purple Mafia if you'd like to. And of course X. Obviously if you want to go on X instead or both, at Purple Mafia show on X. And for Instagram it's the same thing. So thankfully nobody ever took that away, which is great. Purple Mafia show on Instagram. So the in-game thread looks like there's a bit there, which is good. Strike Force, that would be Mark er, from Iowa. Mark Carlson Said glad I can only listen on radio, traveling through sleepy eye right now. And I'm glad I didn't stay home or anywhere else to watch the game. Yeah, it was it was not real good. Not really good at all. Um. Mark Carlson continues, What the hell is going on with this team? Mike Dale out of the New York area, New York State says, Lovely. Can't wait for the day till we draft cousins replacement. Yep, and that was after the pick six. Absolutely. I was saying, same here. I'm so done with this BS. Unfortunately, that was it because I didn't interact much. I don't even know what the, my deal was. I don't know if it was... But luckily, yeah, there's a lot more on the uh, post-game thread. Yep, at least from what I can tell. So that's cool. And even though it's like less people, it's still like the anchors, the pillars of this show, like Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, Mad Martin, Tanae Brown, Mike Dale. I mean, it's so cool to see you guys still on here. You guys are absolutely the pillars of the show. And there's no bleeps about it. No bleeps about it. So let's make sure we get everything. So Mike Dale, we'll go in, should we go in chronological order? Start with Mike, finish with, or start with Mark, finish with Mike. Why doesn't Instagram, why doesn't Instagram allow us to break down our posts into multiple separate paragraphs? I don't know. Yeah, that is annoying. I'm sorry. That is kind of weird. I'm sorry that's happening, but it still looks fine. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, I understand if that's a pain in the butt, though, and I'm sorry. Let's uh, start with, yeah. yeah, that's what Mike Dale was saying. Yeah, why doesn't allow us to do that? So now we'll go from the bottom up. Let's go that way. So Mark Carlson says, I have seen enough fumbling and bumbling. I have seen more than enough penalties. What? Just what are we going to do about it? is this a circus or a football team no more excuses it's not the crowd or uh, yeah like they're they you know, Kirk Cousins and all of them were blaming the crowd because they're they're too loud so he can't hear the play when all you had to do was spike the ball yeah that was pathetic last week like the, the dumbest excuse you could ever come up with honestly um embarrassing let's see uh it's not this. It's not that. Let's get on the pole, the pulse side and stay there for four quarters. You know what I think, Joey? That this team needs more practice. Needs more discipline. What in the blazes are they getting paid for? It's my team too, damn it! I have a lifetime invested in it. And speaking of that, it's going to take three or more wins just to put the team on the plus side. Just to get past 50%. So let's get back in the fight. I want Aggressive players with an axe to grind. Maybe Davenport today, huh? No, that was always me there. I want play calling that matches the tempo and intensity of the game. Coaches, where are you? Yes, coaches are part of the problem. I agree. Um, How else do we have so many penalties? Sloppy coaching, sloppy play. The whole staff needs to be put on notice. Unacceptable penalties are on more than just the players. Clock... uh, Clock management, play calling, who is on the field, who should who should not be, are fundamentals. If we can't do that right, we are a circus. Clowns and everything. Only I am not laughing. Quote, unquote, step right up, folks. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Joey, thanks for the star, and keep up the good work. P.S. Loving the fall colors and spectacular weather across southern and central Minnesota. You can keep the ladybugs... And the tiny little seams or whatever they're called yeah they're like the gnats or whatever yeah those are annoying um yeah for me personally in the fall colors there's nothing like a sugar maple How they have that beautiful pinkish red hue um the one that i think is the most overrated of the maple trees is the blaze maple it's nice but it seems like everybody has the blaze the autumn blaze maple it's cool and everything it looks kind of like a hybrid in between a sugar and a red But if I could just have a regular red maple or a regular sugar, I'd be very happy. Uh, In fact, one of each. If I could have my own house and have a sugar and a red maple in the same backyard or whatever, or front yard, I think that'd be really cool. So anyhow, cool. Yep, speaking of fall colors. uh, Mark Carlson says, Sunday night football comment. There is an air attack in the Meadowlands. And it's not the Jets doing the attacking. And another comment, I really was cheering for Washington today. Skull. Yeah, that was an impressive game. It's too bad they didn't win. Um, Let's see if we can. I want to make sure that I'm not screwing things up here. Uh, Okay. Yep. So we'll go up. Here's the big, big Mike Dale Symphony. Here it comes. (laughs) Well, we shouldn't feel proud of our Vikings. Carolina are a bad team despite the impressive efforts from our prodigal native son, Adam Thielen. Yes, he had a chip on his shoulder, and he had something to prove, but this team shouldn't have caused the Vikings this many problems as they did. Yep. Uh, as as mentioned, uh, Alexander Madison is much more at ease when he knows that he is not expected to be the man or workhorse. Yeah, did you notice that? Yep, as assessed, yep, um, at, at tailback. With the addition of Cam Akers on the team, it seemed like the pressure was off and the two worked well in tandem. Yeah, I and mean, that's the good part about running backs. That's not like they're like, oh my God, this guy's here. It's all over for me. I'm going to lose my mind. So that that's the good news. You can have two good running backs. It's very possible. You know, like Thunder and Lightning years ago and such. Um, yeah, and Cam Akers looked really good, didn't he? Anyhow, this team, though, has some serious deficiencies that will uh, culminate and this team probably not making the playoffs. This team is downright weak and soft in the trenches on both the interior of both the offensive and defensive lines. Long and short, they're getting too bullied to protect the quarterback in passing situations, Uh, and you don't get enough of a forceful push to yield a successful running game. Except for today, thankfully, but that's Carolina. They're one of the worst run defenses in football. Inversely, on the defensive side, the interior of the defensive line is getting blasted back and not very keen at stopping the run. Yeah, very true. Yeah, run run up the gut and the Vikings are in trouble. Uh, Yep, not very keen at stopping the run and will hemorrhage yards at almost any instance. I know I should be happy about the first win of the season. Uh, Yep, I know the feeling, right? But it really doesn't... Instill with me much confidence going forward. I agree. Pros. Fran Tarkington Award goes to Harrison Smith. Yep, yep, you got it. <laughs> At least, yeah. I mean, we're of like mind anyway. We we could have a different opinion, which is totally fine. That's that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. If it's like one of those games where it could be one or two or three different guys. Uh, but yeah, Harrison Smith. I think yeah, uh, Harrison Smith who had a decent rebound game from last week. Alex Madison. Yep, he's one of the pros as well showed a bit of life for the first time this year. Cam Akers averaging over 8 yards a carry despite a small sample size. Yep, Ty Chandler's two nice kick returns that yield over 55 yards. Don't know why he's not incorporated more into the Vikings offense, at least as a third down screen weapon or scat wing back capacity. Cons. Well, the secondary and run defense leaves a lot to be desired. It's obvious that it's personal. That's the personnel that's lacking as Flores is trying to salvage and scheme whatever he can from the debacle that was Ed Donatello fiasco from last year. Cousins, Dirk Cousins at his age, and Albatross of a contract dragging, dragging the progress of this Vikings team further down from a potential Super Bowl berth. Can we move on from him? Yes, I, I, w- I would like to feel the same. Uh, the sooner we can get a new quarterback in at the helm, the better. Sorry for being so doom and gloom, but with a team one and three, and we're uh, we're nowhere closer to reaching a Super Bowl and winning it. And, yep. And Mark Carlson puts a, a gold star there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it feels like people are just going to be racking in the stars this year. Yep, as we're wrapping up the final segment here, the final section of it. Um, awesome. 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 Um, I'm going to give the gold star to Mike Dale. That was really cool. That was awesome. Uh, Mad Martin. and Gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know what to do anymore. It's like you guys are all, like, super good. It's like Mad Martin, Gerald String, great call. Great call. Lots of great points. Mark Carlson, what an awesome line there as well. Man, I mean, yeah, I mean for now, yeah, we'll go with Mad Martin. And... Gerald Spring for the silver. Mark Carlson today will bring in a silver-plated bronze because those were so good. Mark Carlson, you could be gold so easily. Uh, That's how good that was, you know. Uh, You guys really helped this show. You really do. And thank you so much for hanging in there, despite Facebook going off the face of the earth. Uh, Matt Martin didn't have to worry too much because he's been on X the whole time, which is great, or Twitter, but X now the whole time, and he's been spectacular. Gerald Spring, thank you so much for that call. That was awesome. Uh, Keep them coming. Coming in out of uh, South Dakota now. Uh, With that said, want to thank all of you very much and keep enjoying those fall colors. This show's probably getting a little long in the tooth now. But um, amazingly, the New York Jets have tied the game up. Hopefully they don't blow it like the Bears and the the Redskins. Hopefully they end up coming out victorious. That would be so cool. It would be a very impressive win for the New York Jets. So go J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and beat the uh, Yuck City Chiefs. Unfortunately, though, that might hurt our chances even more next week, but I don't think a lot of us are all that worried at this point. With that said, have yourself a wonderful week, and we'll talk about the Yuck City Chiefs next week's show.